We don't know when a recession may happen exactly, but all the data is pointing to one coming soon. We also know what going through a global pandemic was like and how it affected so many jobs and personal finances. Times were tough for so many people, but I have good news. That stress that so many went through could have been minimized or even avoided by planning for these events. So what can you do to protect yourself from these life events? Here are five tips you can implement today to get you ready for a recession, a pandemic, or whatever else life throws at you. What if I told you that a major life event was going to happen in two years that would greatly impact your finances? Let's say some kind of pandemic or a recession. Would you prepare right now? Like what if I told you that you would lose your job, you could potentially lose pay, or something else that could affect how you and your family spend your money? I want you to quickly imagine that feeling of stress when life events happen and you're not prepared. The pandemic was such a great example of that because no one saw this coming and nobody could have prepared for the whole situation and the overall impact that it had on our daily lives. But what if I told you that we could have all also minimized the damage and therefore put ourselves and our family in a much better place? And so here are those five tips that you really, really have to hone in on to, to be able to put yourself in a position that if a pandemic did happen, if a recession did happen, if a family emergency happened, whatever you could possibly imagine. And so the quick five tips are these guys. One, have a written budget that you follow consistently and lend below your means. Two, pay off that debt ASAP. I'm talking about right now. Get rid of it. Get out of your life. Three, practice contentment in your life and take care of your mental health. Four, save cash. I'm not talking about you know a truckload of cash. I'm talking about having that three to six month emergency fund in place. And if you want to have a little bit more than that, you know, because of your specific situation, I'm okay with that. But at bare minimum, that three to six month cushion to give you that cushion in life. And number five, guys, I'm going to get real with you. Maybe we need to think about a career change. And we're going to dive into all these tips and why they're so important and why you need to implement them in your life. And so I kind of want to circle back to number one and having a written budget that you follow consistently and live below your means. So here's the thing, guys. Like I said this in the intro and I said this at the beginning is that if I were to tell you right now that there's something going to happen within a year or within two years that was going to jeopardize your family's finances, I don't know if you would actually fix your finances. And that's, that's a scary thing to say because I'm giving you warnings. I'm giving you these red flags of potentially things that are going to happen and you still wouldn't fix it because of whatever reason, right? Behavioral uh, problems or you know, maybe the fact that you just don't want to change your lifestyle. But you've really got to think about that situation, right? And it's not so hard to think about because of what we just came out of. Think about the pandemic. Think about how many people got affected by the pandemic. And again, how many people lost their jobs and the stress that that, that put on our lives, the, the stress that people were going through. I mean, I was working with clients and I know what they were going through. And so that's why it's so near and dear to my heart, because I understand um, what a written budget can do to a person's life and to a family's life. It can give them clarity. It can give them this hope that, that they didn't have before, right? It can give them a raise because they actually know their numbers now. And so you've got to look at your finances and you've got to look at your budget and you, A, you've got to write one out or use an app that, that you like. And you've got to write down your, and it's simple, guys. Listen, you write down your income, your family's income. If you have an irregular income, then you're going you're gonna to go back, you know, six months and you're going to figure out what the lowest income is. And you're going to, we're going to work off of that. 
And if you're, if for instance, if that's who you are and you're, let's say you're on commission and you, some months you make more, well, every month you're going to adjust it. That's the beauty of it. It's so simple, right? But for the most part, most people are on a fixed income. They know what they're going to make. They know what their expenses are. And so when you know that, um, making a budget really isn't that hard. Once you get going on this thing and once, you know, you've done a couple of budgets and you've gotten used to it, I'm telling you guys, like, it's not going to take you any more than 10, 15 minutes. My wife and I, we make decent money and our budget is really, really quick to do every month. It takes us 10, 15 minutes tops. And so again, having that written budget is a great starter to making sure that you're preparing yourself for these situations, right? I teach these certain baby steps to get you in a better financial position. And so the first one that we really, really tackle on is, you know, getting rid of debt if you have debt. And so the reason that's so important is because, you know, we, we need to keep as much cash as possible in your pocket. But, you know, before we get to that, you know, that all starts with having that budget in place and understanding, you know, what debt we need to pay off first, where that money's coming from, are we going to have any extra money left over at the end of the month? And so, and if we do have any extra money left over, where are we going to put that money? Because every dollar has to be accounted for. And so, you know, this is one of the great things that I love working with my clients on is because when you look at budgets, you know, a lot of the times we can see that, that people are in the red, you know, most people are in the red, but the good thing is that they have really good incomes. And so the cool thing is these budgets give them clarity. These budgets give them a plan moving forward. And now they can track better. They understand where everything's going. And again, like I said, it's just, it's just so much more clarity in your life. And so then that leads me to my next one and that's paying off debt ASAP. And I, I really mean ASAP as in like, you got to get on fire to get rid of that debt. I understand like if you have a mortgage, that's something we can deal with later, but any kind of consumer debt, any kind of, you know, and with that, like credit cards, um, personal loans, student loans, car notes, just to name a few, these things have got to go out of your life ASAP. Like there's a reason I'm really big on not having debt. And that's because I understand the cost of having that debt. And so, you know, I get pushback all the time from people saying, well, there's some good debt and there's some bad debt. And that's fine. I'm just telling you that there's something different that happens that when you get rid of the debt out of your life, there's so much more control that you have and you're not dependent on any lender. You're not dependent on anybody else. And so now you get a dictate, right? That's just common sense. You can't really argue with that. You get a dictate what every single dollar that you produce, you get a dictate where to put it. And so because of not having to send it to, to, you know, BMW or not having to send it to MasterCard, like you get to keep it. And so therefore, you know, logically you get to tell her where to go. And so because of that, that's where the budget comes in and, and why these are number one and number two, right? But like before all that, guys, you've got to have a why. And this is kind of like a side, a bonus one is that you got to have a why to, to why you want to do this. And so for instance, our family's why is that our family, we want to make sure that no matter what happens, whether it's a recession, whether it's a job loss, whatever that may be, that we're going to be okay, that we're not going to get to the point where, you know, maybe we're going to lose our house or, or whatever that may be. Like, think about that. What if you had a car note that you owed a ton of money on, you're not prepared, this recession, this pandemic comes, you lose your job. How are you going to pay for that car? Are you going to, because the, the argument was, well, okay, I'll just go get a job somewhere else. Well, I'm sorry, but the pandemic, they shut that down, right? And so for sure, the government came in and gave everybody a bunch of money. And, and so that helped. But realistically, that's not sustainable. And so again, and on top of that, you're not in control of your own destiny if we're, if we're looking at the government to, to fix our problem. And so, you know, you've got to figure out that why 
You've got to have that written budget and you've got to pay off debt and getting all that stuff out of your life. Number three, you got to practice contentment. This is so hard. This is probably one of the hardest things um, that people come across because, you know, what is contentment, right? And so I like to say that that contentment isn't necessarily wanting more, but just grateful for what you already have. And that may be hard for some of you to say, because you might look at me and say, you know, Andrew, I, I don't have a whole lot. I live in a small apartment with, you know, a couple of kids. I'm a single mom. And so I'm saying that because, you know, I'm going off of experience in, in what I'm hearing. And my, my rebuttal, my answer is, I, I hear you. I, I understand you. I'm with you. I know it's hard. What are you going to do to get out of this hard? And so if that's who you are, like, what are you going to do to get out of it? And so it's, it, might, it might take you a while to get out of it. But first and foremost, we've, we've got, you're not doing yourself any favors if you're not practicing contentment in your life. Let's say you're a single mom or a single dad. You've got a couple of kids. You're working two jobs. You don't have a whole lot of stuff in your house. There's not a lot of stuff in the fridge. There's probably not a lot of stuff in the cabinets. There's probably not a lot of stuff in the clothing drawers. You know, you've got to kind of look at yourself as a family, bring each other together, uh, love each other, most importantly, but be content with what you have. And I, I keep saying that, but you've got to be content with the little things that you have because you have the little things, right? And so we're going to work on improving those things so we can get more stuff and put yourself in a better financial position. But again, the stuff isn't what's important. It's the, the understanding of contentment that's important. And so this is so important not only for your finances, but it's important for your mental health. Think about waking up every morning. And, and in this, I'm talking to people that from all walks of life, you could be in a position where you, know, you're, you have a really good income, you have your house, you have the cars, and you're still not content. And you're looking and you're like, man, I kind of, you, you look at your friends, you look at families and you're like, man, I kind of want what they have. Maybe you want their pool. Maybe you want their car. Maybe you want their house or their vacations or their clothes, whatever that may be. You personally, you, you as a high income, income earner, you've got to practice contentment. And, and again, this has nothing to do with the finances, but this is more about your mental health, guys. And so this is the same method if, you know, you're that single mom, single dad, or the, you know, the married couple that have a couple of kids and you just, you know, their income isn't that great, but you know, you've got to be that provider still, and you've got to be that, that adult in the household and be able to bring that stability in the household. And one of the reasons that you're going to do that is because your mental health is okay. And so if your finances aren't doing really well right now, at least let's work on your mental health aspect and make sure that that um, is taken care of. And so like, you know, Alice couldn't be here today because, you know, we've had, we've had a newborn. And so things have been really, really crazy around the house, but there was a lot of things that she was going to talk about from her mental health background. And, you know, she talked, she was going to talk about how, you know, economic difficulties, they bring increases in mental health problems, in substance abuse, in suicidal behavior. And that overall, it affects our well-being. If you, even if you don't fall into these categories, right? Like when you're feeling stressed, you're overwhelmed, you pretty much begin coping negatively to void out those feelings instead of doing so in a healthy or positive manner. And, you know, some of these coping mechanisms can be smoking, drinking, overeating, uh, just to kind of like name a few. And so we don't want to compound the financial problem at home by throwing these mental health issues 
on top of them and kind of just making this, this, you know, crock pot of, of problems that you're going to have to deal with eventually. And so some of the things that she has seen in her line of work is that there's a direct correlation between your finances and your mental health and your relationships with people. And so think about it. Like if your finances are terrible, like I, I, I can just kind of think of it as a man of the house. Like if our finances were terrible, you know, I might take that as a shot to my pride, which in turn would mess with my mental health, which in turn could potentially lead to problems within my marriage and the way I treat my kids and the way I treat people at work and the way I treat friends and family and neighbors. And so, you know, you can go on and on with this and see the potential problems with this. And so again, you've got to sit there and visualize how calming, how much less stressful your life would be if you could just close your eyes and imagine this life of, you know, not having to worry about your finances, you know, regardless of what happens with your job or what happens with the economy. And so some of the ways that she came up with to cope with your, with your mental issues that you have maybe during a recession or horrible life events, like a pandemic, um, in regards to your personal finances is, hey, you got to lean on your social support. Are you and your spouse working as a team? And so you've got to avoid these negative coping examples by, you know, maybe writing down some positive or helpful, healthy coping skills that could help your mental health during these stressful times. And so you can see why I spent so much time on number three in, in regards to practicing contentment and, you know, prioritizing your mental health because that's just so important to us. And so number four, it's, it's going back to finances. And so it's, it's saving that cash. You know, I definitely recommend having that three to six month buffer emergency fund. And the reason it's three to six months is because that's typically how long it'll take you to bounce back. And so if you think about it, like the recession or the pandemic was a little different because, you know, some people still haven't bounced back from that. And, and so there's a lot more to that specifically, but you know, if, if you're the type of person where you're just, you're not going to let anything stop you three to six months is usually that time frame where you're going to bounce back and, and listen, the reality is you might use all of that up. And so the minute you get the new job, now you got to build that cushion back up. And so mentally that's kind of draining and it's kind of a downer, but the reality is like, what else are you going to do? Are you going to sit there with no emergency fund and allow your family to suffer for those three to six months? Like you just have this much more clarity and much more freedom when you have that cushion to take care of you and your family. And, and again, having that cushion to pay rent, to pay maybe your card note or your, your minimum payments on your credit cards, because I definitely don't recommend paying off debt when, when you're in this bind, right? When you've lost a job or you've lost income. And so the cushion of three to six months, they're, they're mainly to pay for your four walls. The four walls are, you know, your housing, your electricity, your food, and your transportation, clothing, stuff like that. And so that's why it's so important to have this, uh, this emergency fund, because it does give you that freedom to do kind of other stuff with your time and with your finances. And the fifth one, guys, I told you it's going to be a little different. It's maybe you've got to look at your career. What are you currently doing? Is this job going to be something that's going to be able to sustain a pandemic, a recession? And so you've got to be honest with yourself and you've got to look in the mirror and say, you know what, you know your line of work better than I do. And so you've got to have that honest conversation with yourself and say, you know what, there's a, there's a possibility that my job probably wouldn't be there. And if I had to give you a clue on how to figure that out, look at the past two years. Like, was your job affected during the pandemic? If it did, or even if it didn't, but there was talk of it maybe possibly happening, Maybe those are red flags that we've got to look at our career and, and potentially do something else that 
wouldn't be so dependent on this kind of economy. And so, for instance, maybe it's a good time for you to start a business. Maybe there's something out there that you can potentially provide somebody. And, and so if that's where you're at now, is there a service that you can provide somebody to, to make their life easier, to save them money? Or maybe you're on the opposite end, right? Where you have a really good career path and there's tons of opportunities out there, but maybe just the company that you're with isn't sustainable. And so these are conversations that you've got to have uh, because they're so important and they're, and they're connected to your finances and how they can adapt to this economy. And so like, let's, here's the thing, guys, like those are their five tips, right? The, the number one tip was, you know, have a written budget, follow it consistently, live below your means. That's kind of all wrapped under number one. Number two was paying off that debt ASAP. It's so important to, to have the mindset of this debt is bad, consumer debt is bad. And so therefore we need to get, get it out of our lives as soon as possible so that therefore the income that we produce could stay with you. And number three is practicing that contentment in your life, understanding that what you have right now is enough. Again, that might be hard for some of you out there because you might not have a whole lot. But if you're breathing, you're walking, you have the ability to do better for yourself, that's your contentment. That's where your contentment is going to lie, right then and there, in that space. And so that's really important. Uh, number four is you've got to save that cash. You've got to have that cushion of the three to six month emergency fund in your life to protect yourself from these uh, hardships. And number five, as we just talked about, are you in the wrong career path? Are you in a job or are you in a company that, you know, come a recession, come the pandemic again? you know, pandemic 2.0, you're going to get laid off. You're going to get furloughed. You're going to lose hours. And so again, these are conversations that you got to have. These are the things that you've got to do. And so I just want to say like we were all affected by the pandemic and the recession that occurred in 2020, 2021 in some way. Some of us might still be dealing with it. We want you to know that you can fix this. And by following these steps, I can promise you that you'll be in a much better financial situation and have much more peace if you did these exact steps as were outlined. And at the end of the day, guys, I'm here. My job is to make sure that I can provide financial peace in your life. This is one of the main reasons why we started this podcast was to, you know, give you guys insights on how you guys can improve your life. And so maybe you're, you know, listening to this where you're at the gym or you're on a walk. I don't know. But wherever you're at, know that you can reach out for help. I'm here for that. I can provide that service. I can lead you in the right direction. And so, you know, everybody's plan is specific. Everybody's situation is specific, but that's the beauty of it is that we can work through it and we can figure it out because there's always a solution. I can promise you that. So thank you so much for sticking with us, guys. Thank you so much for uh, listening to this conversation. We hope that this was of, of great value to you and have some information for yourself and your family. Take care.